Well, good evening, everybody. It's good to see y'all here. Hello, Punky and Ryan, Tam. And I'm not going to call out DMBJJ by name, but I'm glad you're here. Um, tonight's episode, which is episode three, what would Jesus do or what did Jesus do? And if y'all can give me a thumbs up, five, five for the sound. I just want to make sure everything's coming through okay. Awesome. Thank you. So um, first I wanted to talk about something that was neat and was found today. Well, actually it was found on the 4th on Tuesday. Um, Archaeologists discovered a burial cave that was filled with intact pottery. And it goes back 3,300 years ago. They're dating it around the late Bronze Age which was around the time of Ramses II, so between 1279 BC and 1213. Ironically, a tractor had moved to rock in Palmaheim Beach National Park and uncovered the entrance of this cave. Um, they found lots of, mainly dozens of pottery vessels of various sizes and shapes, um, some shallow bowls, that were some of them were painted red and cooking pots, jugs, and clay candles with oil. It didn't say that they found any human remains in the cave, but they did try to say that they used those objects for sacrifices, which was kind of strange why they wanted to throw that in there. But so that was found today, and I'll share the um, link for that article in the knickknacks room on Telegram. Also, something in Christian news today, because that's what Wednesday is going to be about. It's kind of like what Christian news is going on there in Kentucky is an issue that we have. And I think any and everyone that can actually say something and help back the candidates in Kentucky and go against this, we should. There are three Louisville, Kentucky Jewish moms who are trying to take the Kentucky abortion ban to court. This was last updated October 6th at 4.21 p.m. And it comes from the Lexington Herald Leader, where Lisa Sobel, um, she is trying to, they're, they're painting this out like she's a saint. She's not. But she is trying to say because of her, a lot of prayer, some in vitro fertilization, a lot of money, medical costs, high-risk pregnancy, and nearly, at the article, quote, says nearly bleeding to death while giving birth that she's now the mother of a healthy girl. I'm, I'm glad that she has got a healthy child and that she is healthy. However, I have an issue with this because she further tries to go on and say that it goes against their values and their beliefs. And I looked at some of the Kentucky abortion law. It still is allowing for emergency situations. So it's not like they have completely taken away that right, but they've now gotten to these women and are using um, the court system. They actually filed a lawsuit Thursday in Jefferson County Circuit Court. Three plaintiffs and their attorney attorneys all argue that those laws are vague, unintelligible, and give preference to Christian beliefs in a way that diminishes the rights and religious freedoms of Jews. 
and this is a quote. In Judaism, reproductive health of a mother is between the mother, her rabbi, and her doctor, not the attorney general. Louisville attorney Aaron Kemper said, their abortion law, which bans nearly all abortions, except in cases where there is a risk of death or substantial risk of the death of the pregnant person, it's being challenged by the state's two outpatient abortion clinics. Now, these aren't the only, this isn't the only state where this is going on. Um, further reading in the article, and I will put that in there as well, Florida, there's some Jewish groups in Florida as well as Indiana that are challenging laws that restrict access to abortion on the grounds of religious freedom. And they're trying to say that in Jewish law, life does not begin at conception and abortion is not only allowed, but required in circumstances where it would be, where it would protect the life and health of a pregnant person. That is atrocious. That is definitely something that we need to, to get out there and try to do what we can to let our voice be heard and make sure that they know that this is not what the Bible says. Even going back off of Jewish faith, it is God and the Old Testament in Genesis that gave life, that created life. It is at conception. There's many passages on that as well and so they can't try to use even something that they're trying to say well that's jewish and because they go by the old testament which is what a lot of them will call the torah that that gives them any more rights over any other other religion even like with christians us christians know that jesus came and he got rid of the law of moses it's in red letter language in the bible and I'm actually going to read that. I, I come across it today and I found it very interesting because y'all know the show is something that I just felt like God had led me to. And so it was really something that it was, it was shocking because when we were doing, yes, don't, don't text and drive. Be careful. Uh, when we were doing Bible study, one of the members in there, um, I believe it was last Thursday, had asked, does, does God allow Satan to tempt us? And, you know, a lot of times, a lot of this, I, I seem to go back always to the one that if he will bring you to it, he will bring you through it. And so today I was looking through doing some reading and I was in the word of John. And I'm going to get to the verse real fast. Because it was really neat. There was also, um, as far as the the sin goes, and with, you know, in the older scripture, older testament, or old testament, rather, you know, they still, up until Jesus walked on this earth, they were under the law of stoning people. But Jesus, to the prostitute, the adulterous lady, even told her and told the people when they brought her to him, let he who is without sin, this is John eight seven let let he who is without sin among you let him be the first to throw a stone at her and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground this is um, eight that was eight here's nine and when they heard it they began to go out one by one beginning with the older ones and he was left alone and the woman where she was in the midst eight ten and straightening up jesus said to her woman where are they did no one condemn you and she said, no one, Lord. 
And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way from now on, sin no more. So Jesus, because he, his, his death, his resurrection, he wasn't in the, in the grave when they came back three days later, he was gone. And he, he, it was for our sins. It was to be able to allow us, if we accept him as our, as Christ as our Lord and savior and believe, and we try to do, and a lot of people do the, what would Jesus do? But I would like to think of also what did Jesus do? And that one fact right there that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't, he knew who was going to betray him before they betrayed him. Yet he still broke bread with them. He still shared his last meal with him going, you know, before he even was put up on that wooden cross. And I have something up. I'm not quite sure how to get this to play. I'm going to try and see if it will go in. Good, good evening, Danica. I'm glad you're here. There's a really great video on YouTube, and it's this girl. I'm not sure if anyone has a clue on how to get these videos to go. It'd be great. If not, I'm going to see if I can get it to upload. All right, when I get this to play, let me know if you can hear it or not. I'm probably going to need about a five-second delay. I'll come up and just do, can you hear? And if you can hear this actual music, let me know. Can you all hear that? Okay. Well, I'm going to post this. It's great. And I'm going to try to read what she says. Well, I appreciate it, honey. No, I think I have to either be on a laptop with this or I may have to have the premium thing on uh, Podbean. But I'm going to read what she wrote. And then I'm going to post this video in the room. It's, it's a little child. Um, her name is Sherry Paul Ed, E-D-E. She is from the Children's Church of the City of Refuge International Church of Abuja, Nigeria. And she's reciting a poem by an African spoken word poet. And I'm not, I, I'm just going to say it fragile, but I know it's probably not how it's pronounced. Dugubu. We got some fun words tonight. She says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Jesus was not crucified on a Gucci cross. He didn't have on a crown of Versace thorns or Nike shoes on his feet when, his, when the nails pierced through. There was nothing bougie about Calvary, Edie said, reading from the poem. That old raggedy wooden cross wasn't even befitting to hold the carpenter's son. But there our God hung, held on by his love for us, by his love for all. The poem stresses that Calvary was not a red carpet affair for celebrities, adding, I thought the crucifixion was like the Grammys, an award show only for a self-righteous few. But the Bible didn't mention an ovation, only wrongful accusation, hate speech and booze from fools, 
the king of glory came through. Jesus showed up on the third day like, I'm good and you are too. One with the father, my blood makes you brand new. So what other proof do you need that God loves you? So when the serpent comes to the ring, hissing, whispering, deceitful accusations, speaking in passive tongues. This is the clapback season declared fully. My sins are forgiven. I do not know who needs to hear this, but Jesus was not crucified on the Gucci cross. It doesn't matter your age, gender, race, or net worth, only that you have been made holy, she ended. She initially recited this poem during Easter at her Sunday, uh, Easter at her church, the tribe in Lagos, L-A-G-O-S, Africa. The video, I, my reading doesn't do it justice, but the video is very good. She's probably about 10 years old, maybe. And it just warms my heart to see that, you know, there's people that are still believing when a lot of people here have lost a lot of faith. So when we think about what Jesus would do, that's kind of an insult because that's almost like you're, and I'm not saying anyone, I'm not accusing anyone here, anyone that I know at all, but that sometimes to me kind of seems like you're you could almost get to where you would make a mockery of, of Jesus and kind of make an idol, even though he is our God. He's still not to, he, even he said not to have, you know, any golden idols. So he didn't even want that of himself. That's why even God, the only name he gave us to call him was I am. And so I think more of what Jesus, what did Jesus do? And it really makes me think, well, you know, he did the most, beautiful thing that a person could ever do for anyone. He willingly allowed himself with the traitors amongst his mix. He allowed himself to be crucified on this earth so he could allow us eternal life in heaven with father. And I just think that's like the most amazing thing because that's what he did. So when we go throughout our day, a lot of people are struggling with the what ifs and what's going to come. And I think like the most important thing here is that we know that we have that love from Christ and that promise is always here. He always wants us and wants that relationship with us. So it's very important to really stay in tune with that, stay in, in touch with it and, and stay along Okay, here is the scripture in John that I was talking about. It's John, it's the parable of the good, the good shepherd. It's John 10, 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. And this is Jesus kind of telling him, there's only one way through that door, and that's, that's him. That's through Christ. 
I am the door. This is John 10, 9. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. Amen, Danica. Amen. Because that that's what amazing grace, you know, when I think of that, that's what that kind of means to me is a reminder of what, what he took. And, you know, we have people that we don't trust. And there's been so much talk. Oh my goodness. So I looked at the list that Duncan was talking about of the grifters. And I was looking at that and I'm like, you know, somebody's got way too much time on their hands that they need to be into scripture or they could be writing emails or doing something a whole lot more productive with their time than trying to say, oh, well, this person's bad. This person's bad. This person's bad. Even Jesus Christ knew the ones amongst him that were his disciples that were bad and still broke bread with them. And that's why he tells us, you know, we are to to love our brothers and sisters regardless. We are not the ones that are to cast judgment. And that's hard, especially someone like me. I, I'm someone that really gets passionate about certain things. And those things that I'm passionate about, I get very emotional over. But those times that we get to that kind of emotional feeling is the times that we really need to step back and think of what Jesus did. What did he do? You know, he gave us the best example of of how we should walk now are we always going to walk that exact path no but we should try to we should not that we are trying to be jesus but that we want you know when we find and are saved in him we want to do right by him because that's that beating that he took that crucifixion all of that i mean just can you really imagine how much pain he endured and he knew the ones that were going to betray him were going to do it. And the thing is, that there's been a, uh, an argument back and forth. While the Jews, Jewish people, they were the ones that had him killed. They said to go ahead and kill him. And then the Romans were the ones that actually did kill him. And people say, oh, well, it's this person's fault and it's that person's fault. Well, that could have been stopped had he wanted to stop that. But he allowed that to continue to happen. So that way, even those people that, that crucified him would be able to be saved and not one person be lost. So that way, everyone has a chance to be spared. And so why we want, you know, revenge or justice for things that are wrong to us and to us, um, things that have been done wrong to our families, especially with everyone that took the jab. And we are seeing the effects so much now. And it's it's hurtful. And. And it makes us, a lot of us want to react, but, and I'm not saying you don't do anything. There's stuff we can do. We can be out there, you know, get flyers printed out, pass out the stats, go to those clinics. Even though, like with the abortion clinics, I saw where there was some people that were arrested and are being charged for being out there. But that's a right that we have. That's our First Amendment right. And it was very amazing yesterday when I was on um, a college tour with my daughter on the campus, they had 1A and 2A rights out there. And it's not that the school is even, you know, I mean, I could see a lot of the new age stuff try to come in. Um, you could see the transgender stuff even there. And I was 
not very happy with that. But to see that on a college campus and to know that there's still some kids out there that thank you, Jesus, you got, he got through to them. So, you know, we can be those people, like especially those that have extra time that can go, go to a, an elementary school. I know a lot of people are, are homeschooling their children now, and I, I praise you all for that. I, I am, That's wonderful because I've seen what's going on in the elementary schools, and that's where they're getting a lot of them, it's elementary. You could go to those schools, and I don't know how many states. We, we've got people from all over the world here, but um, in our, our county, we had a lot of our churches would actually go in on certain days of the week and do what's called a good news club. And they would come in and talk about Jesus and talk about, it, it was a, a Jesus Christ focused church, but it was after school. It was like an after school program and it was pretty much like a Sunday school, but during, you know, the week and the parents that were, I mean, there was a lot of parents that are still working. So their children are, you know, they'll either be doing some kind of after school you know, thing with the school that they have, or they could do different clubs. Well, this was one of the clubs that was great, and that's something we're able to do. You don't have to know every word in the Bible to be able to go out and, and teach children what Scripture says in a way that they can understand it. And even if it's kind of hard for you, like at, at right now, you could go and even type it up, print it out, and just go, go pass it out at, at random different places. It doesn't take a lot of money, but it does take some time. And those are things that we could do that would not only bring people closer to Christ, but it would also be combating this evil that's trying to indoctrinate our children. There's still a lot of people that aren't able to pull their children out of schools and homeschool them. So the more that those children can be reached to, the better. You know, there's also different things that you could go like to a park and Say they've got something going on, you know, for Easter and they do their paganistic Easter egg hunts. Have something else, you know. I mean, of course, y'all kind of have to plan this and this may take, you know, some time, some money. But rent a bouncy house, get some some wooden craft things that they can paint and, and incorporate, you know, kind of like how Vacation Bible School is. You know, kids love that kind of stuff. And it gets the word of Christ out there to them in a way that they understand. You know, we're going to have a lot more evil still come at us more and more and more. And it's very important that we are able to combat it. Just like what they're doing with, yes, TMA does. It's very important to have those Christian community groups. And I see that, especially with these, the three Jewish ladies in Kentucky and Louisville, and then seeing it in Florida and Indiana, that's, they're grasping for straws, but right now we can't let them have an inch because they have, even though we're awake now, there's a lot of people that are still confused that aren't quite awake. So they're still wondering and thinking, oh, well, everything is just like it was, or we're going to go back to normal. We're not going to ever get back to that normal. And I, to be honest, I don't want that normal. That normal was fake. It was plastic. And it was something we definitely don't need to go back to. I know I'm, I'm happier now that I have more Christ with me and I have more people that are awake to what's going on with the medical industry 
and with the big pharma and what's going on, you know, in the schools and to have more people and parents that are going to these board meetings or more parents that are stepping up and homeschooling and seeing that, seeing more people actually, you know, I got involved in politics and I hated politics. I knew how the government was basically ran, but I never enjoyed it. I didn't, you know, because it was a, a topic that people are always argued about. In the South, you know, I was raised up. We didn't really talk about politics. Usually, you know, even like with my grandfather and the time that I grew up, you know, if people did discuss it, they were usually on the same page or they had respect. And that's what our society has lost. They've lost through technology the build the ability to have actual conversations that are longer than, you know, a few seconds. It's like, oh, squirrel. And so they, they lose that focus. They lose the ability because our, especially the children that are not able to get out there and be with others. There's a lot of one, one child homes. If they even have, you know, the couple has children is usually one and that's it. Um, and, and that's sad. So then that child is only picking up from what they get from another place. If the parents not teaching them now, I've seen it the opposite way as well, where, one child has been able to go teach others and knows more about Christ. And some people I've, I know I've met one child that knew more about Christ than I did at the time and could recite every bit of the constitution. And not that I'm boasting on them, but it's all on, on, on just how you bring that child up, the time that you spend with them and the dedication you give, just like with the, um, the pitbull topic the other night on Bards FM. And, and with that, that's another one of those things. A lot of people were upset about how Scott made that comment. Well, you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're also the same people that say that people should have the ability to speak freely. And they should, you know, um, whether we agree with it or not. And like I said, we can respectfully disagree. God didn't want us to be the same. Look what, what happened with Babel. He mixed everybody up because they they were going the wrong way about things. We were all made in his image the way he wanted to make us. It's not that he wanted us to be clones. But yes, him, you know, we've got to be able to respectfully talk about these things. And that's how we grow as an individual. That's how we, you know, we learn. We learn how to handle things. I do too, Ryan. I do too. I have been attacked by a pit bull and had got, I got injured as a child. Um, but I've also had them and, and had very good experiences. But in times like that, you know, there were a lot of people that were very fussy about it. Not a lot. There were people that were fussy about it and were saying that, you know, he's really wrong for that. And, and we can say, we can have that opinion, but it's not, Christ-like of us to sit there and condemn someone for that, especially somebody who brought all of us together. And like I said, I'm not saying he's right on that. I have my opinion and he has his. It, it is, Danica. It's, it's very breathtaking because we should be building each other up, especially with so much evil that's trying to take and divide us. And that's what, the, what it wants, that we have to come together and say, okay, well, you know what? I don't have to believe that way. 
but I don't have to call you bad names either. You know, there's been several times I haven't agreed with many different people and many different people haven't agreed with me, but it's, it's a matter of tact and, and what did Jesus do? Did Jesus go out and say things about his brethren? No, unless he said them and then they were true, but it was usually something that God said. And, you know, his time was very short on the earth. And so there's other things that should be focused on a whole lot more than that. That's a, that was an ability, though, to learn a very good lesson on how, you know, we can respectfully disagree, but still not bash one another when we don't agree. I agree. And that, and in that kind of case, that's all we could do is pray for them. You know, and they have to account for what they do. And maybe, you know, what, I don't know what was going on in their head. So I can't say, I can say that I feel differently, but there's no reason though to be, to bash one another. You know, we're supposed to be, heck, we're the only ones usually that can lift one another up. And in times when we should be doing that, the tearing down is not, it's so counterproductive that it's like, no, come on, let's not do this. Because we can't do that. That's what, that's what evil wants us to do. And that's what we can't do. You know, there's, there's been division from, from the days of Moses, you know, so and all it is, is evil trying to cause that divide. It's trying to cause one little weak cheek of armor and that evil's able to get in. I've talked about it on during Bible study about how sin is, is kind of like yeast with a loaf of bread. It doesn't take much to get in and creep in. And then it's going to puff up the whole thing. And that puff upness is pride. I, I hope that he has he has realized where he was where we you know where where he sees the other side. Not that necessarily I can't say that he was wrong. I could say that I believe differently, but you know, I don't know what was in his head to make him feel that way, you know. And see, so there's gonna be topics, Ryan, that's gonna we're gonna disagree. This won't be the only one, and if it is you know, great, but there's going to be at least one for everyone, because if not, then you're not being honest with yourself. We're not always going to agree with one another. I mean, there's, it's going to come, there's going to be situations where we're just not going to agree, and that's okay. That's the problem, is people forgot how to respectfully be okay when you don't agree. If it's important enough and something you can change, then you change it, you know, but the little stuff really doesn't, in the end, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make up what's really important. It's not going to be what's going to make or break your relationship with father. It's not going to be what you have to answer for. You have to answer for yourself and what you do and how you portray yourself to others. I've been one of the, you know, I can admit, I've been one that has said a lot of different things and didn't, you know, even though I meant them, I shouldn't have said them the way that I said them. And, and so, you know, it's, it's things that we learn from and we grow, but the, there's none of us that are perfect. And that's why Jesus 
was able to die for us. And and he did die, not was able, he did come and die for us. We are to, to help and help guide each other though. And I think enough people had reached out that, you know, maybe he's seeing a different perspective now. I, I pray that he is because, you know, just like it's not, you can't just sit there and put a whole class of, of animal into a group because one might've went bad, you know, it's going to happen, but that doesn't mean the whole lot of them was bad. Just like with, with Jesus, you know, with the Jews, all Jews aren't bad. I don't think all Jewish people are bad. I don't think, you know, I mean, there's a lot of them that I know that accept Christ. You know, many people say, well, they don't accept Christ as their, their savior, but the ones that I know do. So that's where I speak from. And I speak from that place only. And the ones that, Throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you really can't just think that everything and everybody is the same way because of one instance, because it's not like that. And and this is an opportunity for, you know, us to be able to grow. And I think the way that it, it was handled um, from what I was able to see of it, it went pretty good. Like I said, I've been kind of in and out busy, you know, with trying to get things moved and with the college tour. So I haven't been able to be online much lately, but you know, there's just different things that where we've got to think about how, how we act and how we react and how that is in light of what Christ wants, how he walked. What did Jesus do? Not so much what would he do? Because he showed us. We just have to turn to him first. And, and my, my go-to is, is when something is really bothering me is to go to him first. Then wait a little bit. Listen to some music. And, and if I need to discuss it, then I will. Sometimes it's casual stuff like a broken egg in my pocket. Sometimes it's deeper stuff. But, you know, it, it's one of those, hey, living, good evening, sis. It's one of those to where, you know, we just have to think, is it worth that? And what did Jesus do? What did he teach us? Because he tells us to go out and, and teach others the word. And that's what I said, like with the abortion, with the, the Jewish people, you know, they could be paid. Um, they could be speaking exactly the truth and not getting paid. But we've got to actually counteract what they're trying to do with good because you know, they still have, they have their rights, but what they're trying to say on Jesus is wrong. What they're trying to say that the Bible says is wrong. And as Christians, we can't allow that to stand. That is completely unacceptable and not appropriate. So we've, we've got to take some action. Um, there's different things. And you know, for America to be so highly advanced and, and have basically everything that we want or need right at the at our fingertips. You know, you can go online and order it, bam, it's there. But we are so disconnected from what really matters of this, you know, of, you know, for eternal salvation and, and the things that are true and, and have true value people in America have really lost that connection and it's very sad to see, but I, I feel like we're at a point now to where so many people are waking up 
and are, are starting to become awake that we have a chance and an opportunity to do the most good for each time that we have left. Because every day that God wakes us up, that's an opportunity to, to ask him, Father, what can I do to glorify your name? Because what Jesus did for us was so much more. So every day we have to try to see what we can do to help glorify his name and, and show where that's important. Uh, that's Brother in Arms. Thea is Brother in Arms. Brian uh, got it. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and close. And I'll go ahead and do a prayer. And then I have a little music. And I will see you on the show probably next Monday. I've got Brian's wife, Angie's she's, she's going to join us back again. So I'm really excited to learn some more things from her, talk about some more herbs, see how we can heal ourselves. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've allowed us to come together to be able to worship from wherever we're at, but still be able to be connected with one another through the technology that, that's out there. Our Father, we pray that every day we're able to use it for good and not for the evil intentions that it was for. Father, we pray for all of the people that were affected by Hurricane Ian and that you are with them. You give them the blessings that they need to meet their needs in this time that they go through cleanup and the repairs and just getting everything built back to livable and good conditions. Father, we, we pray for all the children that evil has taken a hold of and is trying to to cause harm to them. We pray that, that none of their lives are, are taken in vain and that that you are able to, to come into the lives of the ones that are harming them and that you come in and we pray that even the most wicked of them, that you just come in and you show them open their eyes to see what they're doing is wrong and free these children. We pray for those children. We pray that they, they know you and that they don't have to ever against this plot shot that's trying to kill, that is killing so many people, millions of people. We pray for them to continue their strength no, a wonderful example of how you lead, what leaders are for God. We need so many more leaders on this earth and, and, and in this world right now. We need more people to come to you, Father, and seek your name. We need every single person out there just find and follow you, Jesus, because your love is so wonderful. It's so great to us, and you're always there. You know what our heart needs. We just have to ask of you, ask it of you, and you always deliver, Father God. So, so I pray that you wrap your arms around those for the situation in Russia and Ukraine and all over the world. We just pray that that you come into the lives of all of those and that you meet their needs, that you you show them that you're still with them, even though they may feel it alone at sometimes. That that you continue to guide them in the ways of the righteous, the ways that you want us to go, not the ways of this world. For Father, we are not 
of this world, but in this world. And we're only here for the, the time that you grant us. Each day that we wake up is a blessing, and we thank you for each day. Father God, I pray that you're with all of these people that are here in the live chat now, the ones that are going to be listening later, and, and even the ones that don't even hear this, that somehow you come into their lives and you just find a person or something that they see that can guide them right back to you, Father. And it's in your, your son's holy name, I pray. Amen.
forever leave this world alive Oh thank you for the things you did in my life If I ever leave this world alive I'll come back down and sit beside your feet tonight Wherever I am, you'll always be More than just a memory If I ever leave this world alive If I ever leave this world alive I'll take on all the sadness that I left behind If I ever leave this world alive The madness that you feel will soon subside So in a word, don't shed a tear I'll be here when it all gets weird If I ever leave this world alive